Hey, this is Dali, and you're listening to the Fear the Sword podcast. Everybody, welcome to another episode of The Bottom. This is David Zavak hosting tonight uh, in place of Chris. Um, due to popular demand, uh, a lot of people asking for it, uh, one person asking for it. Um, we, we are back with uh, Chops. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, some calves. Uh, now that the Browns pulled off uh, the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, some of the craziness uh, that happened last week uh, leading up to the trade and then uh, what that means now moving forward for the Browns. Uh, Chops and I, you know, we'll see how much he wants to talk about it, but uh, we were both sort of alluding to a deal before the deal uh, happened. Uh, then we got sort of blasted for it, and then it <laughs> happened, and I don't think either of us have, have taken victory laps, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then finally, uh, Captain Marvel came out, we got a new Avengers trailer, and we will uh, we'll wrap up with that. So, Chaps, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Actually, my DMs were, I had like four or five DMs saying they enjoyed our... Uh our banter on the Browns and Avengers and the Cavs. Okay. That's good. Um, I think like I, I, my day job, I, I cannot listen to podcasts. I have (laughs) no, I have no commute. I live five minutes from my office and, um, I mean, I obviously have plenty of time that I can sort of be active on the internet and, um, not necessarily right at work, but I can sort of engage, but, I have to take phone calls like all of the time and I like get up from my desk a lot. So like my lifestyle is just not suited to podcasts. So uh, people don't like, I get podcast recommendations and I, I have nothing to do with them. Um, so people don't like talk to me about podcasts, which ultimately is fine. But um, I'm glad, I'm glad that you got that feedback um, because it's fun. So yeah, it um, is. So we're, we're the Cavs played the Pistons yesterday, um, and I think like the Pistons rested Blake Griffin. Yeah. Um, I don't think they thought this was going to be a difficult game. They were like fourteen and four in their last eighteen games. They're fighting for a playoff spot. Um, they played the Cavs like two weeks ago and won by like forty points. Um, were you surprised by last night's result? What did you think? My take on the Cavs is, like, I'm never surprised if they lose by 40 or if they win a game that they probably shouldn't. Because this is just such a young team with, like, guys that you just don't know what you're going to get night in and night out. Like, if I, I guess, like, them winning without Kevin Love is pretty surprising because he's... Like, you had a tweet earlier this week. When, they're, when he's off the floor, they look like the worst team in basketball, usually. Yeah, when he's like, on the yeah. floor... They look pretty, they look not bad, you know, usually. So, to see a game like last night when Sexton really has a nice game, Jetty has a nice game, they just kind of all get it together, they close out. Um, Like you said, a game that the Pistons probably thought was in the bag because they just rested Blake, and and that just wasn't the case. The Cavs really, um, last night felt like kind of a a big moment for a young, bad team. Yeah, I don't. I think especially when the Cavs weren't going to play with Kevin Love, they had played pretty well with Kevin Love on the floor um, two nights before, but still lost because the bench was horrific. Um, 
And so without him, you just kind of figured it was really going to be difficult. Um, but they are getting out in transition. Um, I'm not sure um, how, you know, they, 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 they're, they're not really defending in the half court unless they, they're starting to get into some passing lanes. <laughs> um, they got some turnovers. Um, and Chetty and Colin are both really good in the open court. Um, and not just like for young players. I think they're, they're both athletic. They can get on the run like for wings. They have pretty good handles. Um, and they're, they're pretty good at finishing, uh, you know, on the move as well. Um, one to, one to 10, how surprised were you by the Colin Sexton bounce pass last night? Yeah. I mean, and, and like, and, and I mean, it, I, some people were saying, I think Chris, Chris Manning said that might've been his best pass of the season and it probably was. And it, it looked natural enough that at the beginning, I didn't really even like think about it very much. And Chetty actually had a pretty nice finish yeah. on the same play. It wasn't um, easy. Yeah. And then, you know, people started commenting on the pass. I'm like, wow, you know, they're, everybody's right. Um, and then they showed uh, obviously like nineteen replays, and it was it was clear how good it how, was. But... How, how are your what are your mentions like whenever Sexton does something good? Because because I don't even at you anymore. I kind of just my like I've realized that engagement on Colin Sexton tweets are like amazing. Like I'll just say like haha Sexton isn't terrible, and like two hundred retweets later. Yeah, people like I think it's like this fun thing where you get to like dunk on someone who thinks that they're smarter than you right like like i like i i'm sh i i think i can be like self-reflective enough to say like yeah i am like a blogger bloggers tend to think we know more than everyone else um i probably carry myself that way so like you know what if somebody wants to like you know point out that i uh was not open uh to what he ended up becoming uh and that like makes them feel good um i probably walk myself into some of that um you know i and i think like some of it is just like pure you know it's just pure fandom right i mean like it's, yeah it's kind of i guess a comparison i would make would be like the way some of the the sashi fans are with the browns oh god like for like duke johnson <laughs> And I'm not yeah. saying like like Duke Johnson is fine. Like he's a good player. It yeah. would be dumb for the Cavs to let, or for the Browns to just like let him go for nothing, right? Um, yeah. But like, there's probably a reason why a few different coaches haven't really utilized. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's but but people become like invested for different reasons, and I don't know like how much there is you know with the Cavs to be invested in right now, and when. You know, you're like, oh, I'm a Cavs fan. Why don't I go to the Cavs website, The Fear of the Sword? And, like, all the writers are telling you that, like, the guy that you just drafted sucks. Like, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely, like, uh, people are people are fans of this team. You know, LeBron's playing poorly. Kyrie's head is up and down. You know, they want to, they want, they want to, like, kind of, like, victory lap on something, I think. And Sexton is kind of the easiest. I think Sexton and Love are the two easiest things for Cavs fans to grab on. Like, yes, Kevin Love is actually good. We've been telling you guys that for four years. Let us remind you consistently, which I love doing. Yeah, and, and like, they should. Like, I do victory laps on Twitter all the time, so I'm not going to, like... Yeah. <laughs> it would be pretty ridiculous for I, me to, 
to to like hate people about it. Um, I just I just feel bad that you you've become the the the, the Colin Sexton like chaps like, uh, chaps. This is nothing compared to Tristan Thompson. I well Tristan was bad, but also Tristan like, was different. Tristan was different near the end before the contract because expectations were were really really high. Yeah. You know. You but I'm, I'm even saying? saying before LeBron came back. For sure, what, for sure. What it was like on the interwebs talking about Tristan Thompson. And that one was different because, like, you already had a Kyrie and people liked Dion. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it, you were you sort were sort of free to, like, hate on someone, right? Um, yeah. Because, you, you know, you had Kyrie. Like, you're not really free to hate on Colin because then, like, what what do you have then? Um, you know, Larry Nance, you know, maybe. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? You were, you were uh, going. Who's, and... who's the Cavs' most hateable player right now? Like you said, everybody loves to hate one guy on the team. Is it still Tristan? Has he made it through this just being, I feel like people don't hate him anymore. Uh, no, they do. <laughs> it's it's there. Um, you see it every once in a while with, you know, some well, of this. The, this... The, thing, the thing about Tristan is Tristan is a national figure at this point. Who is in the headlines for many, many reasons? Which is so bizarre. Yeah, of all people, if you could have went back to 2013 and like put money on like, like the most like TMZ mentioned Cavs player from a draft, you would not have done Tristan Thompson. No, it's bizarre, and like um, you know Ben Cox used to write for Waiting for Next Year. Um, you know he when when he started dating the Kardashian, you know he would always say like peak Cavs you know, with LeBron coming back and, and all everything that brought. And, you know, Tristan being with a Kardashian is something that could only happen during peak calves. Um, completely bizarre. Um, but with, you know, without, you know, trying to ignore your question, if you think about, um, if you think about what, you know, how people feel about Colin Sexton, you know, yeah. the other night, Chetty Osman, like, you go to, like, the post-game press conferences, they are asking every Cavs player, what did you think about Colin? What do you think about Colin? Yeah. What, you, what have yeah. you done for Colin? What do you, and um, <laughs> I wonder at some point what... Wait, the Cavs still have beat writers? Well, I'm yeah. Just, I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah right, me. I know. Um, but I wonder if at some point, if not already, um, you know, somebody like Chetty gets... A little they have to, they have to be sick of it. They have to be sick of it. The problem is, early on this season, it was written that some players didn't like Sexton and how he was treated. So that opened up the door for now. Every time something happens, they're gonna get they're gonna get questions about it. I'm sure Sexton probably hates it too. He he yeah. treat he's treated like a weird like stepchild who's like just on the calves, you know? Yeah, yeah, and and. You know, and and to be fair, when I've you know talked to players before and after games, um, particularly about Kyrie, so I'm being a little hypocritical because I used to ask, you know, I, I would always want to hear from like James Jones or you know um, Richard Jefferson or some of the mm -hmm. other, or actually like even before that it was C.J. Miles and, and Wayne Ellington. And Wayne yeah. Ellington, I would want to know like you know try and get a feel because sometimes you would, you could catch guys off guard you know they're not really expecting you to ask about Kyrie necessarily 
And so you could kind of gauge from their reaction how hard they had to work to give you a cliche, you know, yeah. like if they're like working hard to say something nice about somebody. Um, actually, the biggest example of that was like really early on, somehow through Fear the Sword, we set up a, an interview with Jay Billis. And oh, I, wow. asked, I asked Jay Billis, like... I think I remember this, yeah. Yeah, like, I asked Jay Billis, like, you know, you're a Duke guy. Like, what do people think about, you know, Kyrie around the program? And it was, like, <laughs> after his rookie year. So, like, we didn't even, like, yeah. know that Kyrie was even, like, weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody knew that he was, like, like really out there. Yeah, and Jay Billis, like, had, like, nothing to say. <laughs> and it, it was, like, really disconcerting. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was bizarre. Like he, so that was like the first inkling I had that Kyrie might have some issues or be difficult to work with. Um, yeah. So, so, so that's so, why. Go ahead. With no, I was just saying that's why I like Channing because when I used to like go to some games to cover when I was at Complex, Channing would give you anything. Like if you like, or at least when I did it, when I asked him a question, he was very open and would give thoughtful answers for anything. He's the one who gave me uh, the quote that I like. It was before a game, and it was maybe he had been with the team for like two weeks. He had been <laughs> traded, and the Cavs were like still kind of scuffling a little bit. And I, 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 it would have been 16 that he got traded, right? And I asked him, like, you know, a lot of people like around the league think this locker room, like, people don't like each other. Like, what, what's your thought on that? And he like went on this huge rant about that being complete bullshit, mm-hmm. and he and RJ were getting everybody together, and that was like the you know everybody remembers like after that all of a sudden on Snapchat you know and on Instagram they'd all all post all their stuff, but like maybe you helped him flip the switch. Well, no, I don't. I I I do think that I helped get Channing playing time because I asked Ty Lue like eighteen different times. This. Um, but oh I, man! Remember what did I tell you leading up to the playoffs? Do do you remember, remember that on Twitter every day I would tell you it's coming. Lou has a secret weapon of Channing Frye, and it happened. I literally asked him about it at least six times and had some conversations yeah. with other people around the team. And at the time, <laughs> people around the team were following me, and it was all I was tweeting. Um, and then, well, well, the Toronto Raptors hate you because he unleashed yeah. him. In, and he, he hit eight threes a game in the in the series. Well, it was game one. Um, or maybe it was game three. I don't know. It was in Detroit. It, the Cavs were playing Detroit in the first round. And, like, I think it was game three. So we went up three games to none, but Kyrie had to hit that, like, three-pointer to win the game. And um, Channing was still not playing. And all three of those yeah. first-round games with the Pistons were, like, really close and if you remember, that like series, the, that series was like weirdly competitive. I remember Stanley Johnson and KCP yeah. were like hitting everything. Like KCP didn't miss any shots. Yeah, and uh, and then Stanley Johnson obviously made the comment about how he was mm-hmm. like in LeBron's head. So like, yep. it was two games to none for the Cavs going back, and then um, you know all three games were close. And I just after the game, I I got a question and. I, uh, I basically said to Lou, I was like, you know exactly what I'm going to ask you. Know, ask you, <laughs> at what point do you go to Channing Frye? Because if you remember, Timo was it was just a shell of himself. Um, he wasn't. Yeah, he and, wasn't and producing. It had started to go for him. Um, yeah. 
and the next game, game four, Channing, you know, finally. St- so that is like the me, my vanity. Like that's how I feel like I impacted the Cavs. Um, probably wrongly, but it is what it is. Um, so um, we we didn't really even talk about Colin Sexton, but do you want to take a victory lap before we before I, we uh, start? I think I think of every day of my life as a Colin Sexton victory lap. I feel. I, I think that, like, just walking around knowing that I believed in this 19-year-old young boy from Alabama just makes me feel good. Um, I can't wait to see what he develops into. He's completely I, changed I, I'm, his I'm, shot the thing selection. Is, the thing is, I knew nothing about Colin Sexton before this draft. I just, I kind of just didn't want to, like, hate Cavs players this year. So yeah, I was like, oh, like, like I, just, I was like, I'm just not going to do it. And it turns out that he's actually not, like, not that bad. It's, it's kind of funny. I kind of lucked into this actually. He, he I lucked I lucked into this victory lap. I feel. In his last seventeen games, he's got a true shooting rate of fifty seven point eight. Um, he's completely changed his shot selection. He's really not. I don't think he's like making more shots than he was. They're just like much better shots. Um, I had somebody say like, I think a lot of the people who hated him you know, get really into fancy stats and, you know, let themselves be psyched out. And I didn't yeah. really respond because I it just, it, I mean, it, maybe, the, maybe that person was right. I'm not really trying to, like, hate on them. But, like, yeah. if wanting to score more points on less shots is wrong, then apologies. Like, you know, is, I just, <laughs> is he still left in that NBA math thing? Because I swear I saw that NBA math tweet every day for like three months but i haven't seen it in like in like a month he i think he still is yeah. <laughs> he just okay. had, he just it's had just so much ground now. to make up he had so much ground to make up but i think people yeah. feel bad about sharing it now because it just doesn't feel like particularly relevant um or at least yeah. I, I hope um like i actually you know i did see some somebody sort of made the joke like oh three good games from colin sexton let's check in on oh as, oh, and it's, it's still the same thing. Yeah, yeah, as though like three games is gonna like you know, which you know there, yeah. there's there's two sides of that. One, he's, you know, we we saw Deion Waiters put together good stretches of games, um, but the way that he's doing this with different shots is is um, it's encouraging. It's, it's, it's really encouraging. encouraging. Yeah, there's no reason and, to say anything else than that. And all I want to wrap up on basketball: the Lakers get the number one pick. I think the NBA might need to never hold a draft lottery again. Yeah, because uh, I'm not yeah. sure anybody's gonna believe that yeah. in the first year of a new system, in the first year that LeBron missed the playoffs since 2004, that his team won the draft lottery. Yeah, I feel like that's not happening, and us winning the lottery is not happening. Just there's no way they just wouldn't let it happen. Which is give me two or three. Give me two or three. I'm fine. Which is ridiculous, but um, you know. I don't know. I you know I've talked myself into that DeAndre Hunter guy. You know, like I don't do we. You know, if we want to win I watched, a title, I watched do we a little some, bit of him the other day. If we if we want to win a title, do we need a star? Yes, um, but like is is maybe I'm just kind of on a high of the last you know couple weeks. But like if Colin Sexton, Shetty, and you know DeAndre Hunter are like pretty good players, and we can kind of watch them develop, like that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, no. So. I'm not but gonna, I mean, like, Cleveland is the city of champions, so we do strive for, that for the highest true. of heights. That is true. But you know what? If the Browns are, you know, winning Super Bowls, you know, I'll take confidence from the Cavs. Um, yeah, just like so, 500 basketball. Exactly. 
All right, let's take a break. Uh, we'll hear from one of our sponsors, and then uh, we will come back with some OBJ Browns talk. All right, we're back with the bottom. We have Chops uh, here. Uh, chops. Uh, this is why we're here. This is why this we're is here, it. right? I mean, like, the this Browns. This is it. The TV networks are competing to show the Browns in primetime. Just think what about did I, what, what did I DM you? What did I DM you? What, what was it? How many days ago was it? I don't know. You DM me a lot. It was a week. It was a, yeah, I do. Just complaining about Jeff Sports now, though. That's different. Yeah. It was. Uh, it, it had to have been a week. Was it a week before? It was the day of the. It was like the day before the Zeitler trade was announced. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, and and I said I'm hearing. There's some movement on an Odell thing, right? Yeah, I mean, and you you might not have even have had to say that. And, you know, uh, not that you weren't really early on, but, you know, there there were just so many, you know, Dustin Fox was doing it. And, there, there was smoke everywhere. Um, there was smoke everywhere. And it got to the point where, and it was probably based off of, of a lot of what you were telling me, but, like, it became clear that at least on some level the Browns had talked about OBJ with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you were hearing things, and I, I, I heard it from you first and then hawk uh was sort hawk of tweeting uh njoku uh tweeted mm-hmm. like i'm hearing good things or you know um, randall had that john dorsey is a genius tweet yeah and and then like everybody tried to say it it was just about like exactly. himself which like never really made a hundred percent sense no um, yeah so yeah i mean what do you just obviously you don't need to say like where you got it from or anything like that, but you know, it didn't go through right away. Um, do you have any like theories as to what happened in between the first rumors and then the second rumors when it actually happened? I think my, my theory is some agents caught wind that their guys might be dealt in a move and maybe they assume, and they heard it was the giants, and they heard it was the Browns, and maybe they assumed it was Odell. And I think that's where it started. Because no one can tell me it's a coincidence that the Browns and Giants agreed to a trade, and then it, it, and, and Odell wasn't brought up. I don't care what they say and who says what. Yeah. There's no way There's no way they just talked about Zeitler and, and, and Olivia Vernon. There's no... In my mind, there's no way, right? Right. Um... So I... I think that I think that the chatter, I think agents or someone must have been talking, and it got out from there, and then they died. And I think I think they were really really dead, from someone who I really trust, who who I think is is well enough in the know with with people on that level. They said that like, it wasn't going to happen. So I was like, whatever, I'm getting out of my mind because I feel like we were close, and I like put Odell in a Browns jersey in my mind, and I just didn't want to think about that. Because I didn't want to be sad. And yeah. then the weekend came, and it was gone. It looks now, to me, like they had some motivation to, you know, to talk, and they had some things that they wanted from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gettleman knew what he was facing in terms of blowback. Um, 
Yeah. And so it, it looks to me, and you know, we're we're kind of guessing, or I'm I'm guessing more than you, but um, it it just seemed to me like it was almost a staring contest over uh, a first round pick or maybe two first round picks, um, and ultimately that that first round pick obviously happened, and the second one did not, and. The reason why I felt even more confident in that guess was when Gettleman said, oh, this is just like getting two first-round picks, only we have like a, a player now. I work with a lot of Giants fans, and when that like hit the timeline in my office, I think that they were like visibly ill. Because like, Jabril Peppers was a good player, but to like try and rationalize getting two first-round picks in an OBJ trade as, like, you're getting one pick in Jabril Peppers, that's, 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 like, that's like a bad sell to a fan base, I feel, trading your best player. And, like, I, and, and I, I actually, I agree. I, I made a joke that, you know, we don't have to pretend that, uh, that yeah, Peppers was that. good anymore. That was quick, too. You got that um, off, like, right after. Yeah, but um, I... And and I mainly you know I, I live in Toledo where there's Michigan fans all over so it's it's just kind of a easy way to kind of twist the knife a little bit but I do think that like he he defended like three passes on the year and that's like was such like a, a major step up that like we are sort of confusing that with being good um, like he was fine he had like he some was really fine. nice he plays. Was there. Um, I think the game that we won against Baltimore, like, he was a difference maker in that game. Um, then the was, Denver game, too, he was very good. He was yeah, very yeah, good in the, in the, the Broncos game. Yeah, like that Broncos game and that Ravens game, he was all over the place. Um, yeah. He was also, like, a negative dis- difference maker in a couple games. Like, he fumbled that punt uh, mm-hmm. in, over- in one of the overtimes. Um, the Tampa Bay game he yeah, did, yeah. Um, so there were, you know, it's not worth you know, kicking him while he's down or anything like that. But um, and I'm sure he's happy. He's going back home. I mean, yeah, he's being he's being billed as the centerpiece of a of a Odell Beckham Jr. trade. You know, he's so. going to get every opportunity. That's for sure. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what? Where where are the Browns now? Are you happy with some of the other moves they made? Or yeah, I mean, how can anybody? I I I don't think anybody can complain. Like like the last time we talked in this podcast, I think. Me and you, like, we were kind of like, oh, the Odell thing's probably not going to... Like, it just didn't feel like it was going to happen. And we were, like, a little... You were way more, like, soft on like on your expectations for the Browns than I was. You know, like, I usually go a little bit higher. But now it's like, th- this train's moving. It's not stopping, you know? Like, like, like you said, national TV networks are fighting to have the Browns on their, on their networks. That's insane. Yeah. They haven't been they haven't been on Monday Night Football 2013 Sunday Night Football since 2008. And I, you know, I, I made the another comment that if you look at what you know Randy Moss did for Tom Brady, I, I'm not comparing uh, Baker to Tom Brady yet. Um, but yeah, yeah, but, I love the but, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I do think I think like the best case scenario for Baker is like Kurt Warner. I've said that nobody oh, ever nobody ever like really agrees with me, but I'm like a really big Kurt Warner fan, and I just think like the release and the accuracy really mo- like it reminds me of Kurt Warner. I think Baker's a little more mobile. He but is. The thing is, a little bit. we didn't see we didn't see Kurt in the NFL until he was like a little bit older. 
because he was bagging groceries and all that. Yeah, that's So true. by the time he was on the Rams, he wasn't as, as agile as a 23-year-old Baker is. Yeah. Who's so not mean, even really agile. Baker's, like, kind of lumpy. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And um, so I just think, like, you know, when you've seen really good quarterbacks get, you know, real difference makers, um, you can put up a lot of points. Um, and, uh, you know, somebody, you know, is, is it if, – if, if Baker Mayfield is the real deal and they're able to score points – you know, I, I don't think, you know, you, you are starting to put records like 12 and 4 in play. Um, and, you know, I, I think everybody has some questions. Actually, it's it's weird. I turn on the NFL Network and, like, they're like, the Browns have no holes. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I've seen that multiple times. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> they, they have holes for sure. Um, me, and you, me and you are skeptical of the linebacker core more than anybody, I think. Yeah, and the back, did the whole back half and you know um one of the things that i really liked that they did last year was they just loaded up on corners right so like yeah mitchell would go down and they'd have gains ready to go and then yeah uh, ward would go down and they'd have the uh, you know buddy calhoun ready to go mm-hmm. um so i'm i am hoping that they and that really worked out well i thought um because they had some injuries. They, I oh, mean, yeah. Mitchell and Mitchell and Ward were down a good amount of time. It ended know? up being very important that they did that. Um, yeah. So I'm a little worried about you know some of the depth there. They lost uh, Brian Buddy Calhoun. They they lost Jabril Peppers. Um, maybe Dorsey really likes Kindred. I don't know. Kindred's from the prior regime, but um, no. I mean, you. But but when you just start thinking about the talent that's on offense, if Baker Mayfield is what they drafted him to be. I mean, you, it, it makes sense that ESPN wants multiple Monday night games and that, like, China, or not China, that CBS is, like, already throwing, like, hissy fits about not getting them for the 420. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, that, that's one thing I took from that, that athletic article is CBS was like, hold up. Yeah. We're, we're getting our, which, which is interesting that when you're in that slot on, on the late game, that counts as, like, a national TV primetime game. Yeah, I had not realized that. I, I didn't either. I thought that was just like a regular game. So it's going to be – I'm thinking maybe the Browns might only be a one Monday night football game this year. Because you so. have Because you have to do Thursday night. I see. I, I, well, like I said, the only Thursday night game I'm, I'm accepting <laughs> is Thanksgiving. How wild would that be? Those Thursday I'm games not, are just – they shouldn't exist. Like, they're uh, – Imagine, imagine Ravens Browns on Thanksgiving night. Yeah, everybody's watching that. Yeah, everyone. Um, yeah, especially because the Ravens are talking right now. I saw Tony Jefferson, who Baker already ethered in his IG comments on uh, NFL Network, talking about the Browns yeah. still have to go through the Ravens. I, don't, I saw the I, Raven. I saw the Ravens receiving core yesterday in a tweet. It is bad. Somebody was saying that their receiving core is better than ours. That it was, was like a troll tweet, tweet I think. Around. I think that was like the I, – I, it might have been Jeff's burner account, for real. <laughs> because cause you know whenever there's any good Browns news, there's three people that pop up to, like, pour water on the on the parade that we have. But but they didn't – Jeff, Mort, and Ziggy. But they, they don't even have enough water to stop this. 
I don't know they if don't. like I don't know if like Mort's just getting old or what, but he's really sort of backed off a little bit. He uh, has. I, he's Je- I Jeff he's, and Ziggy are carrying the torch. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, and you know, I guess when you're when you're Miami Dolphins fans, you are irrelevant, and you have to talk about somebody else's team. But um, Dolphins at Browns this season—that happens. If I don't see Jeff, up here. if wow. I don't see Jeff on TV in like a Jay Fielder jersey, I'm gonna be very upset. I hope that's in December. I want I want that Miami <laughs> team to have to come up here, and I want I've sat in that stadium while the the Pittsburgh Steelers beat us 42 to nothing. I want I want Jeff to sit in that stadium while while the Miami Dolphins just get, get blown just out. trucked. <laughs> Just like, are the Browns gonna be like? Are they gonna have some Chiefs type games where they just they just roll over a team? That's what I'm saying. They should, right? I mean, like, yeah. with the talent that they have. The only like close to negative thing that I'm gonna say, and I'll just note that I've sort of set this up like it just sort of depends on how good Baker is. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and I don't like he doesn't have very many excuses if this doesn't work right i mean like he is no. you know he's a second year player um he's the first overall pick he's got it he's got to deliver that's, he's, that's all he's doing first overall pick hand-picked head coach um, yes yes a lot of people don't bring that up but yes uh he's he's got you know they they went out and just spent a lot they spent even beyond odell beckham if you think about the draft capital if you think about both the draft capital and the salary cap space that they're using on pass catchers with Njoku and Landry and Beckham, I mean it's not it's not yes. nothing. So I mean um, I mean Landry makes is a seventy five million dollar contract. Beckham seventy million or eighty million dollar contract. That's that's money. That's money. Um, and you know it's you know. So then it's, you know, are you, are you comfortable with the fact that you rolled the dice on, on Greg Robinson? I don't know, but, um, but I, I will say. I, th- I think I, pick 48, I'm going on a hot, hot take, offensive lineman. I think they take a tackle. I think they're going to take a center earlier than anybody thinks because I don't think uh, Dorsey's going to want to pay Treader after this year. Yeah. So, like, I think, you know, he's going to do what he did with Corbett again. People are gonna lose their minds, mm-hmm. and they're gonna need to relax. But um, yeah, that's my that's like my hot take pick. Um, it, it's weird because I turned on the NFL Network right before we jumped on here, and they were doing like a mock draft show. Like every other show on NFL Network is talking about the Browns extensively, and ESPN and everything. You go to the draft show, and there's no mention of the Browns for the first time in 20 years. It's wild. It's completely <laughs> wild. Where, where is your record prediction going? Because it was nine and seven before, before yeah, the trade. Yeah, and and so uh, I'll I'll say eleven and five right now. Um, but I, it, twelve and four would not surprise me. But you know, and this is going to sound like I'm being a hater, but I, again, I'm I like the Lions and I actually like Matt Stafford. <laughs> but like you know, if the range of outcomes for Baker Mayfield is, you know, uh, you know, on the low end being Matt Stafford and on the high end being, you know, somebody really, really good. I mean, this guy just broke the, you know, rookie touchdowns record. 
with a pretty questionable supporting cast, I would say. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's on him, in my opinion. And then that's, it's not just that I'm trying to be hard on, on Baker, but it's just, that's the position that he plays, right? I mean, that's they've... Just, that's just fact. It's on the quarterback. So, he, so we'll see. I mean, I, I, my guess would be 11-5. and five. If they went 13-3 and three because Baker had a Mahomes-type season, that wouldn't surprise me. If they went nine and seven because Baker turned the ball over a bunch and um, you know the offensive line didn't look good and um, you know he you know people you know they get off to a kind of a slow start that wouldn't shock me either. So um, eleven and five seems kind of fair. What I mean, I'm, I think I'm right at eleven and five too. I looked at the schedule and there's like and it's weird to say, but there's like ten games where I'm like, okay, that should be a win, which is crazy to say as a Browns fan. But, like, I look at, like, t- 10 games, and I'm like, okay, pencil that probably in as a win. Depending on the, the thing about national TV games, and this happened to the Bears last year, you're going to get short weeks or some weird travel stuff where you might have to deal with that, you know? Yeah. Like, like you, you might have a Monday night. Right. Say they have a Monday night in Arizona, and then they have a short week, uh, a Sunday game. Against Back the Ravens, east. against the Raven, you know, and they play exactly. So, so there, there's gonna, there's gonna be things that this team has to deal with that they've never dealt with before. The good teams just kind of, like the Patriots are just used to it. They're used to playing on Sunday football. They're used to that. So the Browns are gonna have to get used to all that stuff. I think I'm right there in eleven and five. You know, I, I mean, you know I mean, what? If, you know what? I would deem a successful season this year, and next year I won't feel this way exactly, but. I will take two wins over the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> if 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 you can just guarantee me two wins over the Steelers, people got. I'm that. nervous. I'm nervous. I don't like Pittsburgh. Nobody talk. I don't like like an underdog Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, it's it, they it, they always over they always underachieve when they have expectations and overachieve when no one believes in them. So I don't like this. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't want to skip the step of like overcoming the Steelers. Like I want to beat them. Yeah, like, I want that. Yeah. Yeah, I want that gratifying. We're over. We're just now getting over the hump. How do you feel about possibly pay, playing at New England Sunday Night Football Week One? Because that's the rumor out there, and and it, I've seen it online, but I've also heard it. Like so, I've heard that because the NFL, I, it was reported right around the Super Bowl. It's the hundredth year. They want to probably start with Bears Packers on Thursday Night Football, so not the Super Bowl team. So then that puts Patriots Sunday Night. And the Browns could be that game, and it would be on. We'd be, we'd have to play there, right? It'd be on the road. Yeah, yeah. The New England game is at, as in, is in Foxborough. Here's why I like that. Nobody's you get them mad, early. Nobody's mad at you if you lose that game, right? Like, For sure. Like you can you can lose that game, and you know it is what it is. And the fact that they're going to have all the hoopla going around means maybe you can steal one. And oh, by the way, like our team's pretty good, so um, yeah, that's fine with me. All right, let's uh, unless you got one more thing, let's uh, we'll, let's take a quick break and then we'll wrap up with some Marvel. That sound good? Yep. All right. Okay, we're back with uh, chops. We've uh, discussed Colin Sexton and the fact that Chetty Osmond might be getting sick of all the attention. <laughs> Uh, we've we've broken down Odell Beckham and the fact that this is Baker's team now. Um, the other thing that's happened since our last uh, conversation, uh, Captain Marvel came out and we got a new Avengers trailer. 
Uh, let's just start with Captain Marvel. What did you What did you think? It was cool. Solid like B B minus film. Um, Jude Law was terrible in it. Okay. I mean, that's that's really my my thoughts. I think. Okay. Um, I that's not. You know, there were obviously you know the usual suspects thought it was like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, um, Av, Av thought it was like the like God's gift to cinema. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know I've said that you know I, I said this on the pod with uh, Chris Manning the other day too. Like, um, and and I mean this is just me being like self reflective too. Like with Black Panther and with this, I was invested in like really wanting to like it, right? Like, yeah. It yeah. was way overdue to get that kind of African American representation in and mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in like film period, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, before uh, Black Panther, and then obviously it was overdue for um, you know uh, uh, girls to see a, a female lead. And mm-hmm. I say that you know having friends that get so excited about Ray and uh, Star Wars, and you know the fact that I'm going to have my own baby girl here in a couple months, like yeah, it, like. I, I get excited like knowing that a movie like Captain Marvel exists and you know, sure. that she'll get to do that. So anyway, I almost you know you you feel that social pressure and whatever that you know I really want to enjoy this and um, yeah and I did and I thought it was I thought it was good. It was a movie that I I liked the more the more I thought about it mm-hmm. um, versus like Ant Man two Ant Man and the Wasp. I like enjoyed it in the moment. But, like, not once since then have I thought, like, oh, I need to turn on Ant-Man again, right? Like, I've never, yeah, I've never thought about Ant-Man 2 ever again. Yeah. Other other than trying to figure out the final scene and how it's going to play in the, the Right, the, uh, it's just, game. it otherwise was completely forgettable. Um, yeah. But I do think that um, in terms of, of what they were trying to do, in terms of normalizing refugees and um, mm-hmm. uh, making it clear that, like, uh, in war, like good people are probably on both sides, and they're like trying to figure out what to do about it. Um, a lot of really good, strong messaging in Captain Marvel. I will give them that. Yeah, and like you know, our it, just our wars aren't really like World War Two anymore. And you know, you could argue that World War Two at the time was you know whatever. But um, wow, it, we're talking about World War Two right now. I know, but I'm just saying like nazis bad united states good during world war ii right like i think a lot of our wars today are not super clear like that and so i I liked seeing that represented on on the screen zayvac is pro isis we just heard it yeah yeah there it is right there um but that all that said i think i do agree with you on some level that like jude law was terrible that's the only thing that really like like the movie was good jude law was terrible well, the, the they brought the Ronin character back. And that was like, weird. They could have had a cameo for him, and that would have been fine. But yeah. they, like, put him in the plot, and that just with, made, with, like, no sense. Too long. Like, I, I feel like I should, like, like, like write him a letter, like, how disappointed I am in him. <laughs> I like Jude Law. I don't know. I, don't know, I like, like Jude Law, I... too. So if... I like Jude Law. <laughs> I was, like, offended by his performance in this character. I think he was, like, trying, like, I think he, he probably himself was trying to figure out if he was, like, a bad guy or not. Um, so, some people just probably shouldn't be in superhero movies, though. Like, Jude Law, I don't think it's someone who should be in a superhero movie. Well, they're, like, running, There's there are so many of these movies, they're running out of people that they haven't cast yet, so. Right, um, we're going to see, like, Kevin Smith in, like, like, 
the next like, exactly. Spider-Man or something. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I you know, if, if I'm ranking like the 21, if there's like what, how many are there? 21 or 23 Marvel movies I've, now? I've I've lost count. Like it's it's closer to 12 for me than it is to you know a top five. So um, yeah, it yeah. was fine. It was good. I liked what they were trying to do with it. Um, she got super powerful at the end. I didn't need Ronan. Um, so we'll see. But it certainly is like a fine entry point into things. So For it, sure. you know, it is what it is. And the end, cre- the, the, the end scene when Fury's typing is awesome. And then the end credit scene is obviously kick-ass. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, how, what was more surprising? The Odell Beckham trade breaking or Marvel dropping the Avengers trailer? Well, so... I mean, literally the day before, right, I tweeted, hey, when are you we going to get an Avengers trailer? You did. And, like, 18 people responded, like, oh, maybe in maybe next month, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe never. And then literally the next day. Um, I was I, at the airport. I was at the airport going to Austin, and I saw Jeff Lowe's retweet of Lights, Camera, Pod, and I'm like, this is a joke. They usually do, like, joke trailers with, like, something jumps out or there's a slap or something. And then I click on it, and I'm like, "Holy shit, this is a real trailer!" Yeah, and then you and then you DM'd me about it. I had an yeah. eight, I had an eight a.m. meeting that day. I had a <laughs> I had a nine fifteen meeting that day. I had an eleven a.m. meeting that day. I had a twelve thirty meeting that day, <laughs> and I got to my desk and my again like this is I can't li- I can't listen to podcasts. You know what I mean? Like yeah, th- like on no that time. day I couldn't watch a two minute trailer. Yeah. on my phone until 3.15 in the afternoon. So it was like the worst possible day for it to come out. Um, you didn't watch it until 3.15? Wow. I watched it on my phone, like, but okay. like that trailer like was not a good phone watching trailer. No, you like, needed the, the, yeah. You're like trying to like, you know, hear it. Well, you're trying to like look at, and I have a Google Pixel. Like it's a great camera, you know, it's whatever. But um, no, it wasn't. Am I wrong to think that we didn't we didn't really learn anything? Well, the one we learned, thing, the one thing that we'd learned that we knew, but like we, I didn't need to see it. Like they didn't need to show Tony Stark back. Um, back. You we know. knew he wasn't going to die up there. Well, yeah, of course he wasn't. But like, I just don't. We didn't know need that, him in the suit. Like, yeah, Save we didn't. That. We didn't need that. I don't. I don't think so. Um, and and I'm generally somebody who likes to see things, but. Um, if you're gonna like spend the first trailer like building up like oh I might not make it back, yeah. What's the point? Like what I I just don't get. What was the point of that? I think I honestly think that they might may have caved the pressure on that first teaser. People were like like at Marvel's neck about about Endgame stuff. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not saying they like I'm not saying like the public dictates what they do, but people were like like in a fever pitch for it. So maybe that's why that happened. Well, because I mean, you're because you're right. Why show him on the ship seeming like he's not going to get back, but then just wipe it all away in the trailer? Well, in terms of you know the Super Bowl like thirty second spot, that was the bare minimum that, yeah. that they could have done, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, they're they're being cagey. They should, which just makes like that shot of Tony walking in the quantum, you know, outfit just even more unnecessary to me um mm-hmm. i think the most exciting part of it was when cap is tightening his shield and he's clearly in the midst of like a very serious battle um no most exciting part was rocket 
and then the Captain America part. Okay. But Rocket, Rock, Rock, the trailer needs like ninety five percent more Rocket. <laughs> like, like did you? He's on fucking War Machine. My bad, that's four. He's on War Machine, and they they're just like like going at it. Like I want to see that. Well, you know, and what you know, I, I, it's for, I love Bucky, and you know he did that yeah. in, in uh, Infinity War, so. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, and it was that was one of the highlights, you know. Hey, how do I get that gun? Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, no, I mean, they are doing a good job of making me excited. I think they could have released that trailer a week from now. I think they could have not used Tony Stark for it, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's very much like me to tweet, "Hey, when am I getting one?" And then, <laughs> and, then the next day. and then complain about getting one. <laughs> So, do it well. Do it for Star Wars because it seems like that movie doesn't exist, like we talked about yeah, last time. Yeah, it's still no signs. I did read they think Star Wars Celebration is in April, so they think like maybe it'll be released as part of that. Um, so it might get released during Celebration and then you know be before Endgame. But um, I mean, like there we don't even have a title yet. That's um, crazy. So, but Endgame a month, like a little over a month away, and as people pointed out. Browns fans do not have to worry about like going to a super late Endgame showing. Yep. Yeah. You can go. You can go to the seven o'clock Thursday show and not worry about anything. Well, with John Dorsey, you never know. But it seems pretty comfortable that we can all go and enjoy Endgame not at midnight. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, I think I'm trying to remember the last movie that I got midnight show tickets, but now they just all. They just the thing, the start thing, them at the like thing, 7 p.m. now. The, th- the thing about, uh, see, cause I, since I live in New York City, it's hard oh, to get. Yeah, for, yeah. for like these kind of things, it's it, it's almost impossible. I like have to go to midnight shows. Okay. Yeah. Like because, like if you think about this theater I go to in Manhattan, Lincoln Square. It serves a few it, people. And they have nine showings of it and they're all sold out. Like when tickets go on sale, which I have to imagine tickets are going to go on sale soon, right? Yeah. So like it's gonna be, it's literally like a like a sneaker drop nice, type thing yeah. to get tickets like preferred time. So I'm I'm definitely gonna gun for the seven o'clock yeah. because because I feel like Twitter's gonna be there's gonna be no rules for this one. It's gonna be think. tough. Um, Spoilers are gonna be flying like real, real real quick. I think. I think that's fair. Yeah. So. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming back on here to break down this stuff again. Chris is going to be mad because he told me to keep this to 30 to 40 minutes. We have failed at that again. Um, but uh, once so, again... So much, so much news breaks after we talk on podcast. It's crazy. Um, so who knows what will happen next? Probably not much. Maybe some Star Wars news. Hopefully hopefully that will be our, our stroke of luck. So Right. Um, Star Wars trailer tomorrow out of nowhere. I would... I could use that tomorrow. I don't have a whole lot on the schedule. All right. Um, (laughs) Hey, man, I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you very much. This was Chops. This was uh, David. You were listening to The Bottom. Uh, Hope everybody has a good one. Thanks. Bye. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Talk to you soon. Yep, bye.